you. I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode, the first Thursday episode of season season four. You are with Michelle and Sarah. Welcome, welcome. Can't believe it's season four. It's a good day. And we're together. What? Like sitting inches <laughs> from each other in the local library here to record your podcast. It's crazy. So if you don't know, um, Michelle, me, I live in Riverside, California, and Sarah lives in Louisiana. So usually we do things remotely, but every once in a while, like four times in our lives, we get together. And so we are together recording today's podcast, and it's going to be a good one. Oh, we've been prepping for this, and we're like kind of on fire, and that means we got to share it. We got to get it out there. So it's all about questing, right? Yeah. Here we are. We are women with fire, right? Right. (laughs) Very appropriately named, right? Welcome, welcome to Thursday. All right. So today we're going to be talking about three steps to take um, if you have fear to start your quest. Because that is actually really a huge decision point is at the very beginning. Like, do you feel like you're going to say yes to your quest or if you're not? And it can be really scary and and really hard, but we want to give you three practical ways, like like things you can do today, and also some examples from our lives and lives of our our pioneer ancestors, and talk to you about three really quick steps you can take to get going. Right. The reality is, is the da- the biggest danger facing you right now is you doing nothing. That's the big danger because that, mean that means your quest is never going to get off the ground. That means you're not going to make any progress on the mountain to, towards coming to know your Heavenly Father and coming to know yourself. You're, you're, you're stopping yourself from meeting extraordinary guides along the way. You're stopping yourself from being a future guide for someone, for someone else. Like there's, there's a lot at stake here. Like this, this deserves its own podcast goodness because... We don't want you to be scared about pursuing whatever it is that prompting is encouraging you to do. And so we've got to tackle some fears, right? So let's start with step one. I think step one is a really, well, all three are super important. But step one, if you are feeling fearful and feeling stuck, feeling paralyzed, feeling like, nah, not right now, even though you've had some pretty clear promptings, here is step one. You need to call out the fear and look up to the divine voices that are speaking to you. That is step number one. All right, so we've talked about this before. We've talked about how prophets and apostles are asking women to stand up right now. It's just, it's happening, right? Can you all nod your head with me? So they're asking us to stand up and speak out and also to receive our own personal revelation. It would be really easy, it'd be, well, it seems easier, right? If someone just came and told you what you were supposed to do. Like I always say, like it'd be great to get a mission call <laughs> in the mail that said, the prophet prayed about you and this is where you, what you should be doing and where you need to be right now, which happens to our missionaries. But Heavenly Father is asking us to receive personal revelation 
for our own lives. And so if you feel prompted, you have to trust that. You have to trust that God speaks to you and that you can understand and listen and act in faith. The cool thing about this, what Michelle is saying, is personal revelation has been talked about for decades. I mean, this is not necessarily a new concept, uh, but the, the really, really cool thing to me is that especially with, we have a new prophet in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, President Russell M. Nelson, and his talk when we assemble twice a year really focused on this personal revelation thing, and it almost felt like this new, higher law of coming closer to God, like almost similar to like when the law of Moses got checked, you know, like that, that it was time for something fresher, for more, um, fresher is not a word. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, well, grammar. Yeah. Grammar, grammar, grammar. Anyway, that we needed something more fresh is what we needed. And, and in fact, it puts more trust in you you as an individual, that we trust you, that God is speaking to you, and that that is God speaking to you. And so we believe in that. We like acknowledge that. And we cheer you on in, in every shape and form. So keep that in mind that like you are being trusted with something. And the cool thing is, if you don't allow yourself to be paralyzed and you move forward with it, you are proving to God that he can trust you with more. And that's a pretty cool responsibility. So um, I, there's a fabulous you know, a child counselor or child psychologist named Glenn Latham who has since passed away. But I loved his book, The Power of Positive Parenting. And in his introduction to that book, he talks about how this generation of parents and, and maybe even our own parents, that past generation, that it really was this whole new day and age as far as parenting. This was really the first day and age that moms and dads needed parenting advice and needed parenting skills and how do I teach my kid to work and how do I teach my kid to obey? Because a generation before that, survival, like basic survival needs were were surrounding the everyday thought. And so they were simply working together all day to survive. And so there really wasn't this need to try and figure out parenting. So you're in a new realm. This is new to you. So any preconceived notions of what you had on what motherhood looks like or what fatherhood looks like or what the, the standard of, of what that home life looks like, like reconsider it a little bit with some of the examples that we brought to the table today. So I like that Sarah brought that up because I think Sarah and I have been talking about this, that this is one of the biggest fears that hold women back from stepping out and speaking up and um, is that they're going to ruin their kids forever if they do anything besides motherhood. We want to be very, very sensitive about this topic because honestly, it's a sensitive topic to me because I have been called out, you know, before because I, I mean, I don't work outside my home. I don't. I have a sister that did, you know, for a time because she felt like that was what she was supposed to do. And now she's home with her kids. There's time and seasons. But so this is a very sensitive topic. And do you know why it's so sensitive? Because it requires personal revelation. And I think it's easy to to look at others and not factor in personal revelation and say, how could they do that? Or, you know, they're doing something that might take some time away from their kids. Don't be that person. Don't please don't be that person. It hurts please your feelings. It hurts my feelings. Focus on you. <laughs> Live your best life. You 
you get the answers for you. Like I sat in recently on a meeting with Sister Renland, and she had she has a very unique journey as yeah. well. Like her husband was in medical school and residency, and during that time they had a young daughter, and she went to law school. And she got cancer. She, didn't she get cancer? And she had cancer. That? And I mean, like a very unique, challenging path. And one of the great pieces of advice that she gave us, and I'm going to turn it back to Michelle, is to find total confidence in your path. Okay? If you've got the prompting, move forward with confidence in your path because you trust the voice that gave it to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's it. That's it. Because I think that we... We want everyone to love us and accept us and to cheer every decision on. And some decisions are going to be hard. And But guess what? The greatest thing is that you have the Holy Ghost. That was a gift, you know. And you, he will st- speak to you personally over and over again. It happens in the scriptures. It's happened to you um, that you know how promptings feel. And you know when you're acting on God's promptings. And so it kind of it kind of leaves no place for comparison or like even contrasting your life with someone else because you are here for a reason with specific gifts and talents. And um, we're talking about like our, we've been reading Daughters of My Kingdom and about our pioneers and how much work they actually had to do. And the women were really involved. Um, when they got to the Salt Lake Valley, so they were in Nauvoo, they had to leave and they left all of their stuff, all of their homes, all of their, they only had wagons, right? They came across and they settled in um, Salt Lake. The prophet then was Brigham Young and he was really afraid that now that they were in a safe place that that they wouldn't be kept safe from the worldly influences that could harm their faith and their testimonies. And he really encouraged them to be self-sufficient in every aspect. And he, they started a silk farm, they started sewing, and they were asked to put up wheat. President Young said, learn to sustain yourselves, lay up grain and flour, and save it against a day of scarcity. And so guess what? The women did it. They had big granaries where they kept all their wheat, and Sister Emmeline B. Wells told the sisters that their diligence in this effort would be the temporal salvation of this people in case of emergency. This was filled in 1898. I'm reading from Daughters in My Kingdom. In um, 1899, when Relief Society wheat provided sustenance during a severe drought in southern Utah. The sisters' diligence in preserving wheat allowed Latter-day Saint women to serve people beyond their families and fellow saints. The church sent Relief Society wheat to American Indians in Utah, to survivors of a terrible earthquake and fire in San Francisco, and to people in China who were suffering from a famine in 1907. The wheat also provided nourishment for thousands during World War I when the Relief Society sold 200,000 bushels to the United States government. This legacy of preservation and service helped establish a pattern for the church's present efforts to give humanitarian aid throughout the world wherever people are in need. Guess what, my friends? The world is in need. We are no longer putting up wheat, but we need women of faith. And we need that faith. We need you to stand. And I do not care where you're standing. I don't care if you're standing in your home and you are you are homeschooling your kids because that's what you feel like you're doing. Or if you're standing up in school board. Or if you are on the internet creating a space for women. I don't care where you're standing. But the prophets of God are asking you to stand out. To stand up. And to be the reservoir of faith for people who need it right now. And... 
It's going to take faith. And in addition to faith, it was awesome, Michelle. That was awesome. You, you Maybe you need a little bit of a push or a motivation. And there's a part of this same story that talks about how these mothers, as they were doing all of the wheat, that they were motivated by their motherly desire to protect their families from hunger. That that was sort of the why. And, you know, we talk about the why in the quest and how absolutely critical that is that it's a really deep solid burning why and man if i had to work in some form to protect my family from hunger i'd be there front lines front lines so let's let's um let's progress that idea to think about in what ways our children and and those that we love and maybe are most fearful of ruining (laughs) the most how are they in hunger how, what, what are those cries? You know, who can, who can feel the cries um, of their children as deeply as a mother? It talks about in, in this wonderful book. Um, but what about the cries of, of our kids that um, feel unable to listen to the Spirit and act on it or recognize the Spirit? They've had no examples ahead of them of, of a mother or father that listens and acts on the Spirit. Like, that's that's a real challenge. That is a, a legitimate cry. What about even the cries of the inability to work, or um, you know the peace and confidence that that work brings? Like these are all ways in which our families can be suffering from hunger or or be led to to these cries um, that's quoted about in this book, and and that's where that motivation can feel very very deep to you. Um, and, and I think that that's going to bring us directly into step two. Okay, so step two is look to the future with the potential, but not with the fear. Because I think we look and we say, if we do this, this and this is going to be ruined forever. <laughs> Instead of seeing the potential for what we could be maybe teaching our kids or the people that we could be helping. And this actually came into like where the rubber met, met the road, that a thing. Where the rubber meets the road? Yes. That's a thing. <laughs> um, but so I have been doing Beauty Revived, my nonprofit, for almost five years. And I have felt that was something that I know without doubt that I was called to do. It took a lot of time and um, I felt really guided and seen miracles. But one of the things that happened this, like just a few months ago, is um, my 11 year old. I had my, I usually have a blogger who blogs all of our sessions. And she couldn't do it. And so I taught my son, who's 11, how to blog. And he blogged like 60 sessions like in the last month and he got paid. And he also, I can't tell you the confidence he gained by doing this and working. Like I have a picture uh, of me sitting at my computer and him sitting next to me. And on his computer, like doing good and putting good out there. And I think that, and that's not always going to be what we teach our kids, but I think that our, this next, our kids, that generation, they're looking for ways to help. They're looking for ways to serve. They're looking for ways to work. And so look at that potential, not the fear of damaging our kids. You know, when you are acting by the spirit, the Lord can make up for a lot of things. And one of the great ways he makes up for that is giving you confidence in, in that path, finding confidence. If you've already received that divine voice from Heavenly Father, um, a prophet of God and trusted leaders, and it feels like it feels right, 
it's feeling it. That's Michelle's quote of the day. <laughs> it just, it feels right. This feels right. Um, then that's when you can really move forward with confidence. And, and I, you know, I'm in a really unique position with one of my businesses right now. I own a photography education site called the Photographer's Element. We call it TPE in all its sweetest ways. And, you know, there's some changes that are coming up with that potentially um, because of some family dynamic changes and, and changes in us moving and all sorts of big things that are happening over the next year. And the reality is I look back on it and the reason that I started, well, at least at the timing of when I was prompted to start TPE was back when my husband was in his fourth year of medical school and was going to be spending five and a half months away from us, which, man, military wives, I feel ya. I feel ya. You know, I mean, you're like way cooler than I am. Um, but man, I feel like I've taken a small bite of that, those experiences. Anyway, so you may find that a life circumstance is often a time when you receive a prompting. And, you know, I had people say, gosh, you were alone raising kids and all this stuff. How did you do it? And it was like, I was totally alone. Like, I was absolutely alone. And so that is when I started TPE was, you know, at night, the kids would go to bed and I would just spend three or four hours on the computer every single night, six days a week, and, and start pumping out this vision I had of this photography education site. But all in all, as these changes are coming with TPE, after it's been open for quite a long time, I look at it and I look at the whole picture, like looking to the future with potential, not with fear. Like one of my fears with starting it is that it was going to be a financial hardship on my family to kind of get it up and running and to keep it running. Like that was my biggest fear. And as I look at the whole picture, has TPE been profitable? Yes. Yes, it's been profitable. We've had unprofitable years, which is normal in a business. We've had profitable years, which you hope is normal in a business, right? <laughs> um, but all in all, that can't be where I see the vision of why my, my Heavenly Father would prompt me to do something so time-consuming and so exhausting and so laborious and something that stretched me so much. So become a visionary. Become a visionary and, and try not to think so surfacy on, oh, what could be the great and terrible things that'll happen from this? What are the risks involved? Like the whole make a pro-con list and, and make it just really black and white. Like you've already received that prompting from Heavenly Father. So start being a visionary. Put that positive spin on it and see what's possible. Then I think about not only the amazing technical things I've learned with that. I have learned how to run a team of people. I have learned how to not run a team of people. I have learned how to price things appropriately. I have learned how to not price things appropriately. <laughs> I mean, you're talking like hard stuff. Have I lost friendships over it? Yes. And that's the worst. I just said that live. <laughs> like, yes, I have made huge mistakes. Have I gained some of the most meaningful friendships of my life through it? Yes. Have those guides come? Yes. And that's what we mean by looking to the future with potential. Like, think big. Think big. Think of what God can do with you through this experience. And now a small break. A word from those who make this podcast possible. podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. 
Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash Entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. So let's move on to step three, right? Okay, so first we need to call out the fear. We always say this, right? Call it what it is. And look up to the divine voices. So look back on the things you've learned. Two, look to the future with potential, not with fear. So when those negative voices come in, I want you to say, wait a minute, like what could possibly awesome happen? All right, so step three is to take the next step. That's what we want you to do. We want you to take a boring (laughs) step. That sounds like a boring step, but it's the greatest one. It's the greatest one. So there's this um, painting of Brigham Young, and I I think he's leaving Nauvoo. So if you don't know, Brigham Young was the prophet after Joseph Smith, and he had to take this this band of pioneers across because they were being kicked out of Nauvoo, and they had to go west. And guess what? I think we look at Brigham Young, and we say we think he knew exactly where he was going. And he was leading all these pioneers across. And then when he got to Utah, he stopped. He put his cane down. And the famous saying is, this is the place. Did you know he really said this is the right place? Oh, I did know that. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So everything you've been taught is a lie, right? Just kidding. They need to change that song. <laughs> they do. This they is do. the place, Utah. <laughs> Is anyone there for the... No? Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Sing it. <laughs> I can sing it all. Um, so there's Brigham Young. He didn't know what the right place was till he got there. So I want you to think about that because we think about Brigham Young and having the, the Salt Lake Temple already ready and all the, all the different communities established, but he had to take that step away from Nauvoo. And not only was he going for himself and his family, but he was leaving, leading a band of pioneers who had just lost a prophet through murder, who had just who are watching their temple that they put their blood, sweat, tears, work into be destroyed, and their homes were being ravaged. And he had thousands of people with faith in him that he knew where he was going. And he had to take that step. He had to take that first step. And we think about this, and it's it's a lot easier for me to look at it now because I can see what that step did for me personally, you know, and for my family, and for what this has done for <clears throat> the church everywhere. But you have to go back to that moment, and there's a painting that depicts this beautifully where you just look at Brother Brigham, and you see this look of, oh, (laughs) and you think he had to take that step. So guess what? You're not leading a band of pioneers to somewhere you don't know. There's a lot less pressure. So I want you to think about, like, what is the easy next step to take towards your potential? What is it? And it can be as simple as Googling a potential people who are doing what you want to be doing. I mean, 
Googling can be considered a next step. We support that step. That's okay. <laughs> okay, look around for some potential people that would have information. Make a phone call, okay? Start out with a blank document. Let's say you wanna be a blogger and start writing. Start throwing out some topics that you love to write about. Who knows what that is? Take a class in something that has piqued your interest in the past. Like, think about some of those things that are tangible next steps. Now, we've got some bonus content for you today <laughs> as far as next steps, okay? This is just a small note on a word that we feel is the victimized catchphrase of the day or of the year, and that is the word self-care. So this is a note on self-care from Sarah and Michelle. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the bonus content. <laughs> we would highly encourage you if you are in a position where you have heard the divine voices and in which you have been called to reevaluate what your self-care looks like in your life right now. We have both experienced a variety of self-care seasons and experiences, but we have found that God speaks to you when you are in movement. In fact, Michelle's sentence is that there is... Action brings clarity. Action. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to your quest. Action brings clarity. Welcome to your quest. <laughs> so in terms of self-care, that doesn't mean that the only way to receive clarity is to go out and run marathons or to go out and run 5Ks. That, that, that's not what we mean, but we do believe that when you are called to stand up and it's burning, that that is the time when your self-care can be transformed into things that help you learn, that push you to serve, and that put you into a motion of acting on something. So I will be real blunt with you, here's the deal. When I was starting TPE and I was spending five and a half, six months, every single night building it, I missed a whole lot of Netflix. <gasps> and I turned out okay. Okay? But how do your toenails look? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We wouldn't even go there. Yikes. Um, but, but that's the reality is um, you're, you're not going to find a whole lot of people that are real knee-deep, you know, shoulder-deep into a quest who are caught up on every last episode of Netflix and are looking for the next one. You're just not. You're just not. So aim for ways that you can spend your, your, your self-care time learning, serving, and acting on things. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, so when we, Sarah and I talk about self-care a lot because the victimization of it is that self-care means that you only do things for yourself and while that does I, I there's obviously a place for that to getting pedicures or watching Netflix because we both do that you know but when we only allow that kind of self-care into our lives then we are missing out and I think there's a difference between between being um, relaxing and um, and also being edified because I'm going to tell you when I feel the best about myself is not when I have pedicured feet. And again, not that they're bad, but it's when I have just learned a new skill or if I've just served someone or I've taken action in following my quest. 
And, and so that's where um, we just need to be very careful and prayerful about the time we are given and how we're using it. All right, you guys, so hopefully you still love us after that. And feel free to get a pedicure. I don't really care. But I do want you to learn something, and I want you to serve, and I want you to act, and I want that to be your default self-care because we are turning to Instagram to feel good about ourselves. And that's not going to work, my friends. You need to learn, serve, act, and act on those promptings. And that's how you're going to get self-worth. That's how you're going to get self-care. So hopefully you like that bonus section. Love, Sarah and Michelle. <laughs> no, so, okay, you guys. So you have our three steps and a little bonus. Self-care, love from Michelle and Sarah. And we would love to hear... Which step felt the best to you? What are you going to do? Are you going to look to the future right now? Are you going to call out the fear and look up? Are you going to take the next step? Just take the next step. And we want to hear from you on Instagram. Come find us at The Women With Fire. We would love to hear from you. We want to connect with you. And guess what? <gasps> Sarah and I want to connect with you a little bit deeper. And so we are opening our doors for two weeks to our group mentoring. We're doing it because we have found we get a lot of messages on Instagram and in our email and, and we want to be involved with you. Like we want to know what your quest is. We want to like intimately know what your quest is, but we're finding it hard to keep track. And so we want women who are dedicated to figure out their quest. And, and that means like the very beginning stages. It also means like the business stages. And if you're looking for a guide, we want to be your guide and to walk with you. And so we have a group mentoring program that we want you to be a part of. So if you guys are stuck, if you're stuck in your quest in any part, every, any point, we want to be there for you. And so you can join. It's only, you can, it's only going to be open for two weeks to where you can open enrollment is only open for two weeks. We need you. So we'd love for you to go to the womenwithfire.com slash say yes. There's two whys in that. Say yes. Two whys. Don't miss it. Okay, so this is only open, and if you go in now, you will lock in founding price right now. So, and if you have questions, please email us or DM us. We'd love to answer. Thanks for joining us for our first Thursday of season four. We'll see you on the flip side. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.